This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. We thank God for what He did in 2022, but we are still hungry for what He's going to do in 2023. And if you're going to fully recover and have what God has for you, you got to get the quits out of you. I mean, you just got to get rid of it. You got to get the quitting out of you. You got to get the fainting and giving up. I'm not saying you get weary. The Bible says you get weary sometimes, but you better not faint. You better get it out your system. You better get it out your mindset because it's going to take a fight to have tenacity to have what God wants you to have. And there's some things God's trying to get to you. Uh, God has told me to stay on this assignment. I thought it was a message. But he said, you got an assignment to bring recovery to the people of God. He said, people have been set back for years. Set back in mindset, set back in relationships, set back in the deliverables and the outcomes of life. And he says, people, and he's been teaching me over the last couple of years how intricate we are as people and how it takes time for us to evolve. It takes time for us to get where we need to be. And so we're still on a full recovery, say full recovery in motion. It's in motion. And I want to preach. I got four key words that I want to share a little bit about today. Uh, Four key words. Wholeness, wisdom, wealth, and wonders. Wholeness, wisdom, wealth, and wonders. He said, as a part of this recovery, I want you to continue to focus on wholeness. All right. So I'm going to go one by one with each word, and I'm going to share some scriptures with you today. And I'm going to really try to impart this wisdom and grace into your heart today. First Thessalonians, let's go there first. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 23. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through, 16 through 23. And it reads, as we talk about wholeness, it first says, rejoice evermore. How long are you going to rejoice? Not, not sometime, not Monday through Saturday and skip Sunday. No, no, not three days a week. All right, not 23 hours a day. All right, as much as possible, you're going to rejoice evermore. You're going to keep rejoicing. Even when you go to sleep, you're going to put your spirit in a state that when you go to sleep, your spirit going to be rejoicing. Y'all don't know, that's a, that's a different place now. Because if you're not careful, you can go to sleep and then you go to sleep and your spirit goes into sadness, goes into stress and worrying. But you can go to sleep with joy. And it'll even help you in your dreams. And some of y'all losing in your sleep. All kind of thoughts and all types of attitudes are happening in your sleep. And I feel like somebody's going to get victory in their sleep this year. That you're going to rejoice even while you sleep. That when you wake up, you're going to feel refreshed. It don't make no sense to sleep five to eight hours and wake up tired. The devil is a lie. When you wake up, your spirit ought to be rejoicing. Your spirit, come on, because you've been in warfare. Y'all, don't, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm jumping something in the spirit. And you know, if you've been in warfare all night, every night in your sleep, you're going to wake up tired. 
come on somebody but when you go to sleep God's gonna give you visitations and God's gonna give you insights and give you dreams glory to God even as I heard God in my sleep last night glory to God he said I want you to preach from Ephesians 5 today so I got it in my scripture I didn't even know what was in it till I went and read it he told me in my sleep glory to God your will I'm telling you God's gonna start speaking to you if you can hear it God's gonna get into all kind of crevices and places of your life so you can what rejoice evermore this is an attitude of life uh, what happens when a person is whole when you start being whole you're gonna start rejoicing you're gonna start praying without ceasing that means you just live in a constant state of prayer with God a constant state of prayer all right praying for self yourself praying for others praying for things around you it just means that you fully depend on God it said in everything give thanks Said somebody that's the will say for this is the will come on say this is the will see oh when you start walking in wholeness you learn this is this whole few part that I'm getting into in the beginning is really about attitude it's about attitude to rejoice is an attitude to pray is an attitude to give thanks in everything is an attitude things didn't work out but God I thank you you still with me that's an attitude oh, they got on my nerves but God you didn't let me go off that's an attitude that's a good attitude to have glory to God hallelujah hallelujah I ain't saying nothing to give thanks in everything for this is the will of God in Christ is concerning you next verse says quench not the spirit say they let the spirit have his way so another thing about wholeness God can bring you to where he wants to bring you if you let the spirit have its way quench not the spirit don't you be holding back on God God's trying to produce wholeness in you despise not prophesying I mean prophecy is coming to you there are people who despise prophesying because they want to know who told you that I hugged one of the members on last week after church and I got tickled about it and she was shocked and of course she knows that God will use me in the spirit of prophecy I was encouraging her after church and I say hang in there you've been through some tough things I know your story but don't you dare give up I went on one of them tangents all of a sudden you know it was like hey pastor listen you know and I just went into it be encouraged God has brought you this far do you hear me yes sir yeah. God's gonna take you the rest of the way and I felt a little edge and I said in that car don't worry about it it's on the way I said that car is on the way. She around, Who told you that? I just went to the place to look for a car and they wouldn't let me get it. I said, Don't worry about it. I'm telling you that the car, how you knew that? I, the God knew it. He talked me in my ear. Despise not prophets. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're facing. And God knows how to encourage. And I told you, don't you worry about no car. Got a car. God, I got, got a car for you. Don't you get all fret and worried about nothing. Don't you get, don't you go and make something happen that hurts you. Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrow. Y'all hear what I'm trying to say is sometimes the enemy will make you try to move into something before time and tell somebody it's still mine but I just can't move in it before time. It's still mine but I just can't have it till it's time. And God says he wants you to know that what prophecy does. It gives you the ability to hold on till it comes to pass. Lord, y'all better pray. It gives you the ability to keep stamina and keep encouragement before it. See, prophesy come to edify to build up and to encourage you it means don't you cast away
away your confidence because it has great recompense of reward it means keep holding your head up high keep confessing until it comes to pass so despise not prophesy don't fight it God knows tell somebody God knows yeah 21 says prove all things hold fast it means prove say prove all things see you can't prove nothing see this is about wholeness you can't prove nothing when you always quit you can't prove nothing when you're always giving up certain things is about outlasting your enemies hallelujah certain things in life is about outlasting what he's doing to you the bible says having done all to stand to stand that's what it says after you've done all to stand the first part of it is put on the whole armor of God then it goes down and says now after you've done all to stand God armored up then just stand there are times in your life the only thing you need to do is just stand outlast the enemy prove all things hold fast to which is good then here we go abstain from all appearance of evil in our wholeness God has challenged me and I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me as we was getting closer to the end of the year. He said, I want you to train and build up these people of God that I've anointed you to teach and as far as your voice will reach and the measure of influence I've given you, I want you to preach to them that they start living above reproach. Living above reproach. What that means is you live in a way that your lifestyle is unquestionable. See, the measure of a diamond or the value of a diamond is based on something called clarity. And the higher the clarity, now it can be big, it can be big and still have low value. So it ain't about size, it's about clarity. It, it, it can be a cloudy diamond, it can be humongous. He said, oh girl, you got a rock on that finger. You get close to it, thing worth about $200. Why? Because that diamond, although it has the size, it doesn't have the clarity. The clarity in a diamond means that it has went through all the processes to get all the impurities out of it. So now that thing is worth much more money because it withstood the process. What I'm trying to even tell you that God is trying to say, I'm going to raise your stock and I'm going to raise your value and I'm going to raise what you are worth. But you're going to have to learn how to abstain from the very appearance of evil. This is what he told me. He said, I need you to raise up people who are clean. Abstain. If it don't look right now, I can't do it. It mess up my stock. You ain't saying what I'm saying. I can't do it. It mess up my value. No, I love everybody, but I can't hang with them. See, it's a difference. I love everybody, but I can't roll with them because of what they do to my value. And I got to, y'all ain't saying I got to keep my value at a high stock because of what God's trying to do in my life. Tell, tell them this, you're going to get some clarity out of me. Oh, you've been wondering if I'm a hammer. I'm going to hammer, so you're going to know I'm a hammer. You've been wondering if I'm a Saw, I'm gonna cut some things so you know I'm a saw this year. Clarity, he said, building people up so they take godly esteem and living above reproach. Above reproach, I know we've come up with all kind of stuff that what people think and say about you don't matter, but you wait till you find out you're an asset. 
and you got something to deliver a product to deliver to somebody you'll stop saying what people think about you don't matter you'll stop saying it right now you don't know who you are but when you start knowing who you are you won't think that way because how people think about you could be the difference between a door opening and a door closed it could be the difference between a couple million dollars in your bank account if you understand that your reputation matters and when you start knowing who you are you're gonna start taking care of who you are so abstain from the very appearance of evil Verse 23, I'm like, well, I can skip some verses. Y'all eating so good this morning, I can skip some verses. And listen to what verse 23 says. And the very, listen, when you do the, the first few things I talked about, the attitude, praising God, worshiping, receiving prosperity, prophecy, proving all things. When you do this, look at verse 23. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. That word holy means say completely what it means is it says the God of peace what it means is God gonna end the warfare in your life where you've been fighting to be who you know you really are and you've been in a fight y'all know what I'm talking about for the last 10 years that I'm not gonna live this way I'm not gonna act this way and you've had to press through some attitudes and press through some habits God said I'm gonna come in and make peace it means I'm gonna fight for you and the thing you've been fighting against ain't no longer gonna be a fight anymore I'm gonna make peace and I'm going to sanctify you, say holy. holy. That, whole, that word holy means all of you together. That means completely. You can see it in the next few sentences there. And it says, I pray God, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body. See how he talks there? Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your spirit and your soul and your body. Say all of me. He said, come on, say all of me. Say all of me. Oh, God's going to get all of you together. Not just your spirit, but your soul. You can be saved and still have a crazy attitude because your soul messed up. You can be saved and still hate people. Why? Because you're still bitter about what somebody did to you. And your soul needs recovery. And your soul needs healing. And God is interested more than your spirit. Because if you, if you, if you, that's why people, Lord help me, they can preach all day. They are gifted. They can sing all day. But if you're not careful, they'll be gifted and crooked. Because there's an aspect that hadn't been made whole. And God wants to make you whole in your soul. And your body. And your body. And your body. See, you need your body to get in line because your spirit and soul can't do what it wants to do if your body acting up. God's been really talking to me even about the body because many times we've gotten a lot better. A lot of people do the things that are necessary to take care of the spirit. Go to church, have prayer, get in the word, take care of your spirit. Many people doing things that are necessary to take care of their soul. Having conversations, having therapists, going to counselors. That's being very common, more common now that people recognize that I go to church, I also may need to go to a counselor. So I can unwind for what happened to me 15 years ago. Because what happened to me 15 years ago is still wrapped up in me and every time something similar like it happens or I think something is similar to it, a trigger happened and I act the way I feel about what I felt when I got hurt. See, that's your soulish realm and your soul can be bruised. And so you go to therapists and spiritual counselors and people who are gifted and helping put and hump their dump it back together again. 
See what I'm saying? The soul. But you also need somebody sometime to help you with your body. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He's in a very severe situation and he does need prayer. But when I talked to him on the phone, I said, hey man, let me talk to you, my brother. Don't you um, uh, um, uh, improperly utilize your pastor. Your pastor is going to encourage you every week. He's going to stir you up. You're going to get the word. You're going to shout and you dance. But your challenge is in your body. And so just like you got a pastor that feeds your spirit, who do you have that take, help you fight in your body? Just like you got somebody to help you preach the word of God to keep your spirit in alignment, who have you tasked to help you stay disciplined in your body? You hear what I'm trying to say? Sometimes you don't win because you don't have something that helps you lead in that area. And sometimes, at least to get you going, you need a personal trainer. Now, I know that may sound deep, but to get out that rut you may be in, you may need to invest in a personal trainer. And if you cannot invest in a personal trainer because you don't have the money, then you got to do what you got to do. Come on, you ain't got, you ain't got time to fight about not and fuss about if I had a gym membership, you got feet. You better walk 10 steps a day. You better walk 20 more steps a day. You better walk, come on somebody, you better get some milk jugs and have just lift them. I ain't saying nothing. You better use what you have and stop talking about what you don't have and get yourself and your body under control. Why your body? Because if your spirit wants to do something and your body ain't ready, your body gonna hold back what your spirit is thinking about. If your soul is feeling good and your soul got joy, but your body is tired, your body ain't gonna let your soul do what it wants to do. Oh, you ain't something say God's coming for all of me. And I ain't gonna block him from getting all of me. He wants all of me to be blessed. Y'all catching this? All of me. I'm gonna get all of me. Come on, y'all. I ain't worried about it. I'm gonna got some challenges, but all of me. So everybody say wholeness. I say wholeness. Wholeness. So we almost did people are injustice because we'll just shout them and think shouting is everything. And it's not. That you got a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. And sometimes the soul needs, the soul is the mind. Lord help me. The soul needs information. The soul needs to be trained. The soul needs education. Just like therapy. The soul needs education. Therapy. That's what the soul needs. The mind and the soul needs a goal. So if you, if you don't have a goal, your mind is frustrated. Because you have not given your mind what it needs to function at its best. When your mind doesn't have a goal or a focus, your mind is scattered and looking for something to do. But when you give your mind a focus, your mind say, yes, let's go do it. See, so, so that's why you got to make some goals and have some focuses in your life because the soul needs that. It's a God's going to make me whole. Oh, that's whole. That's whole. Mm -hmm. Go to Ephesians. I told you I did good. I can skip. You're getting what, I'm, you're getting what God wants you to have. So I'm not skipping the meat. I just don't have to read the scriptures. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. The other thing God wants us to make sure we have, say, is wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom is more than knowledge. Knowledge is good, but knowledge moves the wisdom the moment you know how to apply the knowledge. 
You can have a whole bunch of knowledge and still not know what to do with it. You don't have wisdom. Wisdom is the skillfulness of information. Wisdom is the discernment on how to apply what you know when you need to do it. So you can have a whole bunch of knowledge, but until you can apply it, don't mean nothing. I mean, you can go to school and get the degree and gain the knowledge and pass the test. But the real test out of the classroom is when you get in the field. When you get into the field, you got all kind of scenarios happening, all kind of situations. That's why they normally put you in labs. It's a test, safe, friendly environment where you can blow up something and we can recover. Right? And so it's the, it's the application of what you've learned and putting it into practice. God wants us to move from just being people who got a whole bunch of knowledge. Because when you start moving in wisdom, your life going to change. Your life going to gain traction. Your life going to take on a whole nother turn when you start walking in wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Yeah. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 15 and 20. Now listen to how the Bible talks about wisdom in Ephesians 5. It's part of what the Lord was speaking to me when he said Ephesians 5. Verse 15 says, Seeing then that you walk circumspectly in order, in alignment, not as fools. A fool is a person who doesn't know God. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. See, Wisdom will cause you to cause you to redeem the time. Wisdom no tells you when to move, when to make moves. See, when you got knowledge, you can be making moves and you tired yourself out that when the opportunity comes really to make a move, you tired. Know why you tired? Because you've been making moves when you should have been still. You've been anxious where you should have been waiting. See, because you got knowledge and you just you all over the place. But wisdom teaches you when to make choices, when to make moves. And you actually start redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. See, wisdom opens up your mind. Not only do you have knowledge, but now you have timing. See, your life going to get much better when you get timing right. Don't you understand timing and rhythm is everything for your life? That's why you got to be careful not to allow things and people to knock you out of rhythm. Y'all ain't understand what I'm saying. See, I have a rhythm. I know how I flow and I work. So when I go to work, I'm very specific on how I start my day. This is me. I have a rhythm. You got to find your rhythm. And so what I do in the morning, I get up and I do before when I go and cut on my computer at my desk, my office, I leave out of there and I go greet everybody. I go greet everybody. In other words, I don't need nobody else to be coming to greet me. Because in a few minutes, when I get into this office, it's on. See, if you're not careful, you'll be greeting people for the first three hours of the day. Him five minutes, her six minutes, her two minutes. And you're distracted. You never got your flow together. You never got your rhythm because you didn't protect your flow. You didn't protect your rhythm. And some of us can't ever get what God want us to get because we keep letting people disrupt our rhythm. We keep letting people disrupt our flow and our style. And we're just as friendly, but we are ineffective. We are just as friendly, but we are fruitless. And when you learn how to protect your rhythm... 
see, you, you, you understand your life has a rhythm. Ah, God, your life has a pattern. And when you start finding yourself in rhythm with God, in rhythm with the things of God, in the right places, at the right time, talking to the right people, saying the right things, you'll start seeing favor and doors open up because you understand rhythm. So I go out, that's my strategy, I go out, and I'm a friendly person, but that's why I go out and greet everybody. And I'm doing it on my feet because I'm not going to be standing forever. So I go around and do my greens, do my and I go on my desk and I can start my job. Because I understand that I have to do that. And it's just not about them, but it's also about me. Because I know I'm a friendly and a chatty person. So I help myself by doing certain things. Some of you need to protect your rhythm. Say protect your rhythm. Yeah, protect your rhythm. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. You have discernment to the will of God. Now listen to this. In the midst of talking about not being uh, a fool and to be wise, listen what the scriptures say. I know y'all don't like the word, but we Say, I like the word. And be not drunk. I had to catch you while you were saying, I like the word. And be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess? So I start asking myself, hmm, that's kind of deep, Lord. That's deep. Because I guess the the goal that you got to have with this scripture, the goal here is how to drink and not get drunk. I gotta, that, if, I guess that's going to be the goal here. Because we know that drinking in itself is not going to send nobody to hell. We know that, right? right? But, but, but there's something happens when you get drunk. See, when you get drunk, you can't see clearly. When you, when you get drunk, you can't make wise decisions. When you get drunk, you, can't, you don't have clear perception. Your motor skills are, are, are loosey-goosey. You, 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 you can't walk a straight line. You can't, you can't repeat sentences clearly. But when, when you're drunk, you're not sober. And so so the, the, where, where we find ourselves as people is trying to figure out how much we can drink without getting drunk. Close to the fire without getting burned. So part of the wisdom in life is God says you got to manage your life. You can't afford to get drunk. I cannot, biblically, I cannot say that you're going to hell if you drink. Because we know what the Bible says about it. The Bible even says that little wine is good for the stomach. But y'all ain't what y'all been doing. It's talking medicinal properties. It's talking about you got upset stomach. Huh? Huh? I'm just preaching. I'm just preaching. I want you to get the point here. I want you to get the principle here. Because it clearly didn't say did not drink. Even though I don't drink. And all those who know I'm a pastor, I don't drink. And I don't drink. Everybody know why I don't drink. Because I need to be sober at all times. That's why I don't drink. I just don't drink because I just, I've concluded that who I am, I need to be sober at all times. Never know what God will have me to do. Never know the blessing that will come my way. I can't afford to be drunk because of who I am. See, that's a decision I made. Hallelujah. So be not drunk with wine wherein in the excess. So the excess take you into being drunk. But rather if you're going to uh, overindulge in something. If you gotta got to have it, you know, hey, if you're gonna party, you're gonna go all the way. God, the, God, God says, if you're that kind of person that when you party, you got to go all the way, that if you're gonna do it, do it in the Holy Ghost. 
Ghost. He said, if you're going to be drunk and going to be filled and you want to go to the edge, he says, go to the edge in the Holy Ghost. You know, you know, cause some of us, we just, you know, if I'm gonna go to a party. <laughs> hey, if I go to a party, <laughs> I'm gonna turn this thing out. No, when are you gonna turn this thing up for God? When are you gonna go to the edge for God? When are you gonna go broke for God? <laughs> and it's trying to teach us wisdom here. Wisdom on how to live our life. 1920. Speaking to yourself. Say, speak to yourself. Just <laughs> the wisdom of God speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs sing to yourself how you keep yourself through it I think there's a correlation on how to get through things the reason I always preach in this church about drinking all the time because those who do drink I don't want you to take it lightly there are people who have recovered from drinking that almost lost everything that drinking a little bit soon became drinking a lot. I said drinking a little bit has soon become a lot. And drinking a little bit was cute when everything was fine. But when they lost their job, drinking a little bit became drinking a lot. When they lost their spouse, drinking a little bit became a drinking a lot. So I'm trying to tell you, you got to be careful what you're doing in your life. That's wisdom. I'm trying to teach it. How you build up yourself is you speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Say wisdom. wisdom. Third thing, say wealth. wealth. Let's go to Deuteronomy 18. 18. Say everybody say wealth. wealth. Don't be afraid. God's trying to get some money to you. It's, a, it's kind of funny. People are gathered in church, shout over a bill need to be paid and they act funny when the church talk about well I mean shout have a prayer request because you got a real need and then when the church start teaching and preaching about well and this is what has happened we have actually given over the principles of teaching on prosperity and wealth to the world when our God owned the cattle on a thousand hills, he is the father of wealth and prosperity. And as much as you are able to prosper, you ought to prosper. Let me say this while I'm teaching on wealth. I'm going to be going on all week, all year. We'll be going it on together. But let me tell you, even when you see countries that are impoverished, it's only because of greed and demonic activity. It's only because somebody there has decided to hold everything and keep everybody else under. It's not a spirit of collaboration. It's not a spirit of wealth. Normally, there's some type of uh, racism or some type of subversion that's in place because every place is designed to prosper every place if you can tap in to what's in the soil in the nutrients in the community of that area you can learn how to prosper come on what i'm trying to say is ain't nothing wrong with you if you learn to tap in on who you are you can learn to prosper 
if you can tap in on who you are how you think your abilities your creativities come on if you can tap in to what God has put in you you can learn to prosper when you start learning yourself real good you can learn to prosper it's hard to be broke when you know who you are if broke runs away from you money comes to you favor comes to you when you know what you can do and how to do it come on somebody David gives us an illustration of prosperity Saul tells David hey David wear this armor and fight Goliath he puts it on he said this ain't my thing I haven't what proved it I haven't been through the storm with it but this little slingshot and some rocks me and this slingshot can win some battles see see y'all still trying to be like somebody else rather than knowing how to swing your stuff see you still trying to act like somebody else thinking that you could be blessed with their stuff you can't be blessed with my stuff you gonna be blessed with your stuff and when you learn how to swing your slingshot But as soon as, as soon as you keep see you gotta stop talking about my slingshot ain't good enough I want what Saul had no no learn how to swing your slingshot ain't nothing the devil can do with you the Bible says that David was so skillful with his slingshot he had five rocks and only used one that's a bad boy come on now come on he had five opportunities but he was so good when he said just give me one shot I know how to swing I know how to aim give me one shot I don't need I got I got five but give me one that's what that boy knew his stuff oh yeah that's, ah. yeah I ain't gonna hear me see some of y'all got to know yourself that when you go in the interview so just give me one shot just give me give me one shot I don't need five give me one shot once you put out and say one shot that's why I'm moving to my life just give me one shot prosperity and wealth belongs to us do remember the 8 and 18 see the devil wants you broke busted and disgusted do you remember the 18 and 18 I'm gonna read it my prayer life freed up once God answered all them prayers about pay my light bill pay my mortgage pay my rent Ooh, God I need gas to the end of the month this is real stuff people are in real circumstances I was there but as I was faithful and God started working my gift and the more money and increase started coming guess what happened my prayer list got shorter and know what that mean now Rather than praying for me every day, I can pray for you. It's just like the hierarchy of knees. You can't focus on the goodness of nobody else if you're in survival all the time. If you're always fighting for your life and fighting for where you're going to eat from and where food going to come from on your table, it's hard to believe God for somebody else. But God's about to reverse things in your life that you're going to move to a new place in your life. That God's going to meet your needs so much that you're going to be able to look at somebody else and tell them, I know he will. He will supply y'all hear what i'm saying i know he will he will bring why because you're free now you're freed up to believe for others but as long as your prayer is so long on the basic needs of life your faith is too locked up to be thinking about others 
but God wants you to be able to live a life where you can think about others say God say get rid of some of the stuff on my prayer list y'all ain't say God get rid of some of the stuff that I have to believe God for every week y'all ain't saying nothing believe God I feel money coming y'all playing around in the spirit but I feel increasing doors happening by faith God clear it up so I can start praying for other people free me up free my faith up so I can do some greater stuff see if my faith is always locked up into my basic needs then I can't use my faith for other things y'all get what I'm trying to say Deuteronomy 8 and 18 Deuteronomy 8 and 18 amen y'all watch moving my watch look like this is in the same place that it was when I got up here Deuteronomy 8 and 18 Two minutes. Glory to God. That two minutes working too. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like y'all. I like y'all. Work the two minutes. I ain't got to worry about this. Just give me two minutes. And then when I feel like I'm running out, you know what I'm going to say. Give me two minutes. As long as we got to understand it. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. I got a few verses on wealth and increase. Watch this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Meaning, don't forget God. Let me tell you how you stay blessed. Say, don't forget God. Don't you ever forget God. Don't give up God. If you're struggling to give God 10% right now, making $40,000 a year, don't you even think when you make $100,000 a year, you're going to give God 10%. Because if you focus on the amount you already got to give now, that's more money when you get make a hundred thousand. You're like, Phew. you know how much that is. See, see. So you got to get used to it right now. Tell somebody to get used to it right now. See, see. I'm used to it. Don't bother me. Ten percent is still ten percent. Hallelujah. When I was down here, ten percent was ten percent. When he raised me up here, ten percent was ten percent. When he raised me up, ten percent was ten percent. When he raised me up, ten percent. And as long as he keep raising me up, I ain't got no Y'all gonna catch it. You gonna catch it. You gonna catch it. He ain't bothering me. Because he keep giving me more. I can keep giving him 10%. Huh? Huh? That's all you need is 10%. And you open up windows of heaven and pour out of it. That's all you need is to honor me with 10%. Huh? That's all. See, y'all playing. Y'all playing about it. See, I was once a broke college student who got kicked out of school. And part of my comeback plan was called tithe. Part of it. I said part of it. You can't just tithe and not budget now. It don't work like that. You know, if people don't tithe and then they don't budget, be like, Lord, you said you opened up the windows. You got to budget, y'all. I thought I was too broke to tithe. That's what I thought. I thought because I had a, my money was low, God just take it easy on me. Lord, just take it easy on me. And the Lord, and I was, I got, I was preaching already. I'm 19. Got flunked out of school. And I answered my call in the midst of it. So did I was just broke, busted, and disgusted. I thought I might as well live holy because ain't nothing else working. Some of y'all ain't got no good sense. It wasn't nothing else working. What you want me to do that works? Because this right here, living my own life, this thing is wrecking. What do you want? 
I started preaching at 19, and next thing you know, I was still struggling. He said, you got to start tithing. He said, how are you going to preach to others about trusting God and you ain't the first partaker of trust? He said, what you got to offer as a preacher telling other people, trust God, trust him, trust me and work it out, trust me. He said, well, what you think you're going to be doing? And I'm like, well, Lord, Lord, said, I want to hear nothing. I budget my money and I start giving my 10%. I always tell the story as a young man. I'm going to tell the story here today. I got to tell it here. And I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 18. I promise you. Give me two minutes. I remember. I remember being at my church when I was a young drummer. I played drums. And I got paid my little money, $50 a week for playing drums. And that was my church. And I went to my church. And I love my church. And next thing you know, I messed around and went to Bible study one night on a Wednesday night. On a Friday night. Thought it was Bible study. And it was business meeting. It was business meeting. They had a table out in the front of the church. They had a secretary on the side, one side, and the pastor on the other. And in the middle, he had a bell. Ding, ding. And I walked in there. I said, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I need to leave. I got a ride to church. I called my ride. Don't leave. I need to, don't leave. They have business meeting. And he said, no, no, no. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here, drummer. Stay here tonight. I said, all right. I said, well, I'm here. I was in the business meeting, and the church folk was cutting up. The pastor said, I want to put a new sign out there. Our, our sign is old, and we need a nice sign, because we're on the front part of the street. And I done priced it out. What y'all think about it? There's one of them churches where you get the vote on every little thing, and they will say, oh, our pastor, I don't think we need no sign. I think we fine. I think we fine with that sign. Who complaining about the sign? He said, ain't nobody complaining. It's just, oh, we need to improve and build up and upgrade. And he said, well, pastor, I don't think we need to spend the money. All right, who else? Who else? He said, somebody else got up. Oh, I don't think we need to spend the money. He said, all right, who else? Somebody else, well, pastor, I don't approve of it. He said, all right, all right. We've heard from the people. Ding, approved. Hallelujah. Approved, we'll be getting a new sign. I'm like what? <laughs> I'm looking around and people getting all disgruntled. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> well, I find out. All right, now it's time for drummer, drummer Joe to get a raise. I said, Oh Jesus. <laughs> he said, All right, what y'all think about this young college student getting a raise, getting a raise, moving on fifty dollars a week to seventy-five a week? I said, I'm sitting there. Oh Jesus. He said, well, he said, well, Pastor, we like him. here, a young man. He loved Jesus. We know he loved God. But we think we're paying him enough. He said, all right, that's your perspective. Anybody else? Yeah, Pastor, I just think we need to hold back on all this money we're doing here tonight. And such and such. He said, all right. All right. He went through. They kept talking. He said, he said, all right. We heard from the people. Ding, approved. Joe Davis got a raise. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. Right in the face of my enemies, people who are naysayers, he gave me a raise right in front of them. And that wasn't the only thing he did that day. Then he rebuked them. He said that young man loved Jesus. He come to church. He come to Bible study. He come to prayer. He got a little calling to preach on his life. He played them drums. And some of y'all ain't shouted since he, since before he came. Since he's been here, y'all been shouting all over this church. So we can't even sit some of y'all down. That boy get on drums and he's anointed. And all I want to give him is 25 more dollars a week. And y'all don't want to give him 25. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He rebuked them right there. Let me tell y'all something. Some of y'all need to get some bonus to show up. Because God going to show out for you. Some of y'all been cowering down. But God's about to raise your salary. God's about to raise your income. But you got to stop walking into work with your head down. You got to stop walking into work worrying about who talking about.
about you and what they got to say God's gonna bless you right in the presence of your enemy tell somebody I got a blessing on the way I just wanted to tell that story tell somebody that's on the way Deuteronomy 8 and 18 two minutes but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God here it is why why for it is he that giveth thee what say I got power not just Holy Ghost power to dance. God is going to bring you out of just dancing and being broke. You're going to have power to get wealth. You're going to have power to grow a business. You're going to have power to raise a family. You're going to have power to become an investor. Not just power to shout, but power to get wealth. It's in the Bible. It means he's going to give you the wisdom, the insight, and the know-how to get wealth. He didn't say to shout and dance. That's right. To get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto the fathers as it is today. Listen to what he's saying is. He got to bless you to show that he's in covenant with you. God shows his covenant to you by blessing you. What kind of parent don't bless their child? What kind of parent don't take care of their children? Come on. So God shows his covenant by prospering you, by showing you how to get well. Notice here, he's going to give you the power. Say, I'm going to have the power. So what happens most time is what we use our faith for. We, we, we believe we use our faith for stuff we don't have to work for. Not saying God can't do that, but we primarily don't need to use faith for things we don't work for. Because faith without is dead. You need to use faith for the things you work for. But we have a whole bunch of people that have faith and go home and do nothing. Go home and do nothing. But say, do it God. Do it, do it, do it. Do it God. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. No. You got the power. Say, I have the power. Yeah. Psalm 35 27. We're doing good. God say, come on, say, I have the power. He giveth you the power. He giveth you the power. He gives you wisdom, he gives you insight, he gives you knowledge. He gives you a hunch. You know what I mean by a hunch? Mm, I feel something in that. And then you end up sharing it with people who don't have a hunch. And you end up not doing it because they didn't have a hunch. So you see, see what I'm trying to say? He gave you the power to get well. And you start sharing it with somebody else. You feel that? They be like, no. <laughs> it wasn't for them. It was for you. It's for you. He gave you the power to get well. All right. Psalm 35, 27. Listen to what it said. Let them shout for joy and be glad and that favor my righteous cause. So if you, we might talk about honoring God, remembering God, tie 10%, the whole thing is about honor. When you honor and favor his righteous cause, he says, let you shout. Let you have joy. Let you be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. Which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Do you hear me? God takes pleasure when you prosper. 
See, we think we're the only people that rejoice. God rejoice when you grow. God rejoice when wealth comes your way. God rejoice. We only see ourselves as rejoicing. But the Bible says, let God be magnified, which takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Say, God wants me wealthy. Yeah, I want you to accept that. As much as you can handle it and honor God, God wants you wealthy. My last one is wonders. See, we moved through that real good. Wonders, 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 wonders. Wholeness, wisdom, wealth. Last one is wonders. Here it is in the scripture right here. Yeah, which one? First one I want to read is in Mark 16, 17 through 18. It's focused on the spiritual side of wonders. And it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So as a result of believing, signs are going to follow you. Your belief is not going to be without product and result. Your belief is going to result in confirmation signs. Fruit that says that your belief is productive. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So one of the wonders that God really wants me to speak to about, among other things, is also that he wants us to have faith for miracles, signs, and wonders. Now I'm talking about spiritual stuff right now. Miracles, signs, and wonders, those who believe, one of the things we do is we torment devils. No, I said we torment devils. You ought to get your belief so strong that the devil go to running when he see you coming. I said the devil go to confessing himself. People just go to showing, you know, devils manifest when power shows up in the room. Sometimes you don't even know a devil is in the room till you show up in the room. And you show up with power and you wonder why they done cut the food. Because you in the room and power in the room and power will manifest and they will start manifesting the demons in them. He says that he wants our belief lifestyle to come with signs. Say casting out devils. Now see, this is the whole thing that God wants us to be when he wants us to be complete and entire. We're not just going to be some tongue talking, shouting and dancing broke people. We're going to cast out devils and live good. We're going to cast out devils and drive good. We're going to walk. Y'all ain't got the whole picture. We're not just going to be saved on this side and messed up on the other. God's going to complete his people that will build up spiritually, but we also walk in natural provision. It's the anointing of priest and king. Priest is the ability to do spiritual things. Priest is the ability to know how to walk, work with God, know how to pray, know how to understand the word of God. But kingship is to know how to go into this world and work the world system with the favor of God and prosper. So God ain't just called us to be priests. God has called us to be kings. He said, we're going to walk in spiritual power too. Speak in tongues. Take up serpents. Now, in this verse 18, there's some people who don't understand what it means, take up serpents. There's some Pentecostal churches back in the woods, down the hill, down the mountains, that they literally take up serpents. That's what the Bible is saying. It's saying if something come in your way. It's not saying have a box backstage full of rattlesnakes. I mean, if something come your way, you can get that thing out of your way. If the enemy comes your way, you got authority, not sitting around dancing, seeing how saved you are dancing and shouting I ain't gonna mess with them today but they need to put them snakes down getting bit every other Sunday 
Well, that's real stuff. People do that kind of stuff. They, that ain't what the Bible means. They think they follow the scripture. That's what the Bible means. It means if something should come upon you, it says if you drink any deadly thing. It's not talking about knowingly drink poison. It's saying that if something you didn't know of come in your body, the holiness in you won't let that thing kill you. That's what it's saying. If something happened to you that you don't know by mistake, by accident, the power of God in you, that's what it's talking about. It's not talking about being foolish. It's not being foolish and ignorant. Come on, the Holy Ghost don't make us foolish and ignorant. Come on now. There's enough people think we just, people who don't think that the, 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 the most ignorant people, the people who gather together on Sunday and that's further from the truth. I refuse to be a part of that perception and that reputation that we gather here two or three times a week and we're the dumbest bunch of things in the earth. The devil is a lie. I'm full of intelligence. Matter of fact, I'm a Joseph. And matter of fact, you a Daniel or you a Deborah. Come on somebody. Don't you be sitting around like people think that you're you're ungifted and have no wisdom to your life that was the whole anointing of Daniel and I've been talking about Daniel for a few weeks because Daniel wasn't no preacher he was a person who believed God who went to work and prospered he wasn't no preacher he was a believer and he was smart and he was intelligent he understood astronomy he understood science he understood how to work business and navigate through the affairs. Come on, huh? And he wasn't at work speaking in tongue all day. The Bible speaks that they caught him during his time of prayer. Ain't nobody going to respect you on your job talking about you speaking in tongue all day. No, they hire you to type that paper. They hire you to do analytics. They hire you to run a sewer. Ain't nobody hire you to speak in no tongue. Hush those tongues up and get that work done in Jesus' name. church looking like we ain't got no sense come on now i don't always dancing and shout no people don't understand that but they understand getting to work and getting something done like we ain't got no sense we small folks up in here tell me i'm small we ain't got no sense around there shouting and speaking in tongues all day hooking in the bucket you better quit keep that thing under People don't know what you talking about all day. Come on now, saints. Don't bl- I'm, I'm feeling pushing. Don't, don't bother me. I'm pushing it. Hallelujah. I ain't gonna, ain't gonna mess with it. Mess with it. <laughs> Two minutes. I'm gonna get through here. I'm gonna do two, two more, two more verses, three more verses. We gone. Daniel 11:32. Thank you all. I'm about done. Thank you for your patience. Daniel 11:32. Then I'm going to Amos, and I'm done. Daniel 11 and 32. I'm still on wealth. Daniel 11 32 says, "And such do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt with flatteries." So people who come against the people of God, he'll corrupt them with flatteries. Flattery means vain thoughts. They get caught up in vain stuff that don't work. But the people who do know their God shall be what? And shall do what? See, when you know God, God says it's going to empower you to do some things. (laughs) You're going to walk in wonders. You're going to do exploits. Amos 9. Let's go to Amos 9. I'm reading in the message translation. I'm done here. Amos 9. We're praying together. Amos 9. 
Amos 9. Amos 9. 13 to 15. Amos 9. It says, yes, indeed. Y'all got to help me. Tell your neighbor, say, it won't be long. <laughs> Tell them, say, sooner or later, it's going to turn in my favor. It won't be long. Here's God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. God is trying to say, look, look, look. I want you, some of y'all to know I'm going to move you and shift you so fast. I'm going to translate you so fast. I'm going to move you so fast to where I'm trying to get you. You're going to have to get yourself together. You're going to look up and there's a blessing on the left. You're going to look to the left and a blessing going to hit you in the right. You're going to look in the front and the blessing going to hit you in the front. Come on, watch me, musician. And the blessing going to move you into a new place. Tell somebody, it happened so fast. That's why I am. Tell somebody, it's going to happen fast. This other thing that God told me to tell some of you. He says, you done been through your slow season. You done been through your wait. I feel the Holy Ghost. You done been through the tarry. You done been through the long enduring process. You need to know the God of acceleration. You need to know the God that do things fast. And the God that can move you quick and in a hurry. Tell somebody, it won't be long. God's about to do this thing real quick. Say quick, quick, quick. Tell somebody real fast, real fast. Say wonders, exploits, blessings, favor, increase. You ain't gonna be able to keep up with God. Tell someone you ain't ready to keep up with God. You ain't ready to keep up with God. Tell someone these gonna be fast blessings. It gonna hit you to the. You ain't gonna know what to do with yourself. Come on, stand on your feet. I'm about to end right here. It's gonna be. It's gonna make your head swim. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.